my beautiful wife got a chance to um, start her own podcast called Run Mama Run. I encourage you to subscribe. And her last episode, she got a chance to speak with a young lady from Rhode Island, Demetra Bartlett, and it is going to blow your socks off. Hope you enjoy. Welcome to Run Mama Run with Michelle Schroff. Today's guest is Demetra Bartlett. I'm so excited to have you, Demetra. Welcome. Thank you. Excited to be doing this today. Would you please do me a huge favor and tell our Run Mama Run community who Demetra Bartlett is? Oh, okay. So this is (laughs) difficult, but um, I am a a Long Island native. I was born and raised here. Um, I have lived a few different places, had a few different experiences, but home is always home. So I've always come back home. Um, I am a single mother to uh, my son, Tristan, who is seven years old. Um, I work uh, as a care manager for a mental health agency, and I also started my own small photography business. Um, for the most part, I just absolutely love and enjoy my close family and friends, and um, I think at the top of my list with that would also be food. I'm like a, a big foodie. Mm. <laughs> okay, real quick, what's your favorite, favorite, favorite type of food? Tacos. Tacos. Mexican food. <laughs> All right. Hey, tacos. That's right. That's right. And tacos can be made any way, right? Yeah. That's right. Seafood, beef, pork, chicken. Yeah. That's so true. I'm with that. You know, we had you on today because we, you know, we really know. I mean, the times are different. They're changing. That's, that's my hope and prayer. We're in a, we're in a time of transition and, you and I have spent quite a few hours chatting about what's going on in our world right now. And I really wanted to have you on because through our conversation, I've developed so much insight on folks' background, where we come from, how that shapes and molds us, and also how it um, ultimately brings to fruition how we're going to raise our children. And I was fascinated by the conversation that you and I had about um, you being a mother during this time, your, your son is black, you are black. And, mm-hmm. um, I just real quick, if you wouldn't mind, just, you know, you shared a little bit about yourself. If you wouldn't mind just sharing a little bit about your background, as far as, um, racism goes, like you growing up in Long Island, because I know there's certain stigmas that come with, you know, Long Island, you must be this, or you must be that. Oh or, my God. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. So the, the, the most prominent one is, oh, you live on Long Island. You must be rich. You must live in the Hamptons. It's like, uh, no. You don't? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No, 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 <laughs> yeah, I come from the working class, right. you know, even going into college, like I had to take out those good old student loans right. that I'm still paying for and will probably be paying for the rest of my life. But, you know, yeah, no, but um, no I'm not rich. Right. So, <laughs> and, so you were brought up in Long Island and you know, through our conversation, you had shared with me that you grew up in a very, um, you know, diverse culture and that you're raising your son in that same diverse culture. But when it came time, you graduated from high school, you made the decision Uh to go to HBCU. That's right. A historically (laughs) black college university. So why did you make that decision? Because coming, um, through, you know, my entire education. So I was, um, I was surrounded predominantly by white people. Mm-hmm, you know, it mm-hmm. was, um, we, we, it wasn't 
that diverse. I mean, we did have, you know, um, Hispanic students, black students, but it was predominantly white. I think or predominantly white school district. I mean, to your teachers, staff, you know, you name it, it was predominantly white. So mm-hmm. um, I made the decision that, you know, once I was educated on what an HBCU was, which wasn't until like my junior year of um, high school through the National Urban League, they mm-hmm. actually came in and set up a, a college prep program for us. And they gave us all of our options in terms of education or what we wanted to do nice. to prepare us for success after high school. So I actually chose to go to an HBCU because I said, you know, I want to go somewhere where um, I am not the minority. Right. I want to, you know, I want my professors and teachers and faculty and staff and peers to look like me and, you know, to, to be able to relate and have the same shared experiences. Which I, which was interesting when we talked about that, you said it was culture shock for you. It was. So I get to, you know, I get to Lincoln University, which is in Pennsylvania. And just to put it out there, we are the first degree granting um, university, mm-hmm. uh, HBCU. So I get there and, you know, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is not what right? it was going to be. Um, because I was, even within my own race, I was, I had a culture shock, had the culture shock of a lifetime. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I was surrounded by, um, students that were from Africa that were of royalty. You know, I was surrounded (laughs) by students that were from the Caribbean, you know, Uh and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I, you know, I didn't, didn't think that it would be that I'm like, because even looking at that, their experiences, you know, as black people are far different than my experience. Right. And I'm like, okay, wait I a love minute. It. <laughs> I love it. And you, you, you shared an experience that you had when you were in one of your classes and here walks in a teacher. Talk, talk, so come on, you got to share the story. <laughs> so it's an 8 a.m. math class. And Ooh. anybody who's ever been to college knows that these 8 a.m. classes, just so you absolutely know justice, you're like, I'm sitting in class to learn something at 8 a.m. Right. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, it's the first day of this math class spring semester. And in walks this white woman, and she's got, you know, she's draped in like 10 face cloth. And so, you know, we're all looking at her like, okay, what's happening? right now so you know she starts to speak and she has this heavy african accent and i'm like is this a joke and (laughs) she starts to introduce herself and you know at this point we're all sitting straight up now looking at this lady like wait a minute okay now you've definitely got our full attention at 8 a.m in the morning because what is happening (laughs) right now and she introduces herself and you know um she she proceeds to tell us that she's from africa and she's african and I'm like, what is this white lady talking about right now? I'm like, this white lady just told me she was African, like, you right. know, and I'm like, wait a minute. And then, you know, so people start to ask questions and she gets down to it and she's like, I was born and raised in Africa. She said, I had to obtain citizenship to be able to come here to the States to teach. Wow. And I'm like, oh my God. Right. <laughs> And that moment, I was like, oh, my gosh, that's something that I've never thought of. Right. And never thought that I experienced this here at an all-black university. I'm wow. like, oh, my gosh. Like, right. 
like she's right like okay well <laughs> you know what's so interesting right. about that because you and I had this conversation a couple of days ago and then I you know because I've been trying to learn as much as I possibly can because you know we went from a time where you know we called we call black people african-american we call them this and really and truly I so I listened to this it was actually a really 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 good um, interview uh-huh. with Matthew McConaughey and a gentleman from ESPN I can't remember his name right now but the title of the show is called um, um, Awkward Conversations with a Black Man, I believe, or Awkward Questions uh-huh. with a Black Man. It's, it was so, so enlightening. But he was talking about, you know, the reason why you don't call every black person African-American is because they're all just because they're black doesn't mean that they're from Africa. Africa. They Correct. don't ne- they don't necessarily have Correct. African roots. You know, they could be Correct. from Caribbean. They could become and they identify that way. So the yeah. correct term <laughs> is to say black. And I was like, okay, black, yeah. when I was in school, yeah. that wasn't the case. You know, when I was mm-hmm. in high school, which was quite a few years ago, um, that's kind <laughs> of when the trend of calling folks African-American. And if you didn't and you called, you know, some and, and, and you, you know, I mm-hmm. guess we just go through those things. But I thought it was interesting when you told me that story. Mm-hmm. And then literally the next day I see this interview and I was like, makes sense. Because yep. you have this white lady walking in, and you're going, "Come on now, come on now." <laughs> yeah, is she mocking Wait us? Right. Yeah. So I was like, "What is happening?" But right. um, you know, when you think about it, um, in terms of African American, I think where it derived from was that people tried to to change it. They tried mm. to say, "Okay, what what is society going to accept for us to call?" Because you know, you go from We've been called colored and, mm-hmm. you know, just a, amongst a, a range of different names. And I think that what um, society did was put, taking the term African-American to make it acceptable, to make it something that a box that you could check on an application mm-hmm. when in all actuality, you know, that that's not correct because you don't see Hispanic American. You don't see, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like you'll Good see point. Native American and like, I can't even begin to get into that because I'm like, oh, yeah, don't get me started. Somebody has. Native American when they were here first. Right. They were here before you called this America. You That's know, right. so it's just like all these different things. And, you know, as as the population um, starts to change and we become more diverse and you, right. you see more mixed race children, so on and so forth, it's like, can you really continue to check that box that says African American? Right. You know, like. That's that's not going to be true in the next, mm. you know, 30 or 40 years. Mm. Um in terms of unless you're like this white woman who came from Africa and right. now has obtained American citizenship, <laughs> now she can say she's African American. That's right. But, you know, like, that's true. That's in, true. Yeah, but in other terms, it's like you know that that makes no sense. So, like for me, I check off. You know, I check off that I'm black. I'm right. like. I'm black. Right. <laughs> and that's just, you know, that's just what it is. Right. Um, people, I identify myself as a black woman. Right. You know, right. Um, and that's important. That's important to me. That's important to my culture. That's important to my family. Mm-hmm. That, you know, that's, that's who I am. It's a part of me. It's a part of my identity. Right. I love that. I love that. And I, I just want to talk a little bit about your son, Tristan. He's seven, correct? Yeah. He's a seven-year-old. He so, um, you know, for me, and this is also something you and I discussed previously about the George Floyd um, murder and 
how is this something that you've been able to talk to your son about? Is this, you know, because he's obviously not at the age where he's out driving around and you have to have conversations about <laughs> how to conduct himself, you yeah. know, if he's pulled over. Yeah. But is this something that you've shielded him from or you've actually had to sit down and have a conversation or is it an ongoing? Because in my house, it's, it's an ongoing conversation. And a lot of it is because I have older kids, but he's seven. So yeah, how did so, you approach that? Um, so just to take a step back. So I think that one thing that it has been very important with raising my son is definitely educating him on mm-hmm. that. He is, you know, a black boy, mm-hmm. you know, so that has been from, from the start. And I started with, you know, three simple words, black, proud and educated. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I have fostered in him and continue to do so. So that these conversations that, you know, we have to have with our black children are um, just a little bit easier to have as they grow up. And then, as you stated before, we get to that conversation, you know, how to remain safe if you're pulled over by an officer, you know, like it's like stepping stones. You have to continue to have these conversations and develop, you know, in them like that, first of all, you know, you're going to have that sense of pride. I want you to be prideful of who you are and never let anybody else change that. So with Tristan, I wanted to be able to tell him about himself and his race and that it is a glorious thing. It's a wonderful thing before somebody told him otherwise, because, you know, that's just part of what society has done and continues to do in terms of black men. So I'm like, I want to install it in you early, that Mm -hmm. you are to be proud of who you are. So when having these conversations, when things like, you know, the George Floyd murder comes Mm -hmm, up, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's something that has been happening to black men for years now. You know, this isn't anything new, but for a seven-year-old, you know, I was um, surprised because he came to me and he said, Mommy, who's George Floyd? Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay. So he's heard the name now. Right. And he now knows that something has happened. And he knows that there was an officer involved. So I'm like, okay, how do I break this down Mm -hmm. to his level for him to understand? So I had to identify the facts which includes the characteristics. Mm -hmm. So I said, George Floyd is a black man. He Mm -hmm. said, what happened to him? I said, he was killed by a white officer. Mm -hmm. Now I had to make that clear. So then I had to also make it clear that, you know, what happened was wrong so that we establishing right from wrong, regardless of race. We have to, you know, with kids, you have to establish that right from wrong. And then, you know, as he grows older and things start to click and connect, it's like, okay, you can now pull the two together Mm -hmm. as he gets older and you continue to have these conversations. But for right now, um, you know, I wanted to keep it as that, especially because we do have family members who are law enforcement. Um, you know, I am proud to say that my aunt is the first black female detective of Riverhead of our township. Ooh, you go, and- girl. Yeah, That's awesome. yeah, yeah, very, very proud of her. And, you know, uh, she's also a veteran as well. So, you know, we wow. have all of these things. And then we have, you know, even our... Um, local state trooper uh barrett um we have another cousin who is mm-hmm. a state trooper so we he sees law it. enforcement in our right. family so and i also at seven years old i don't want him to fear the police right so you didn't want to paint the, a picture of an entire no. profession <laughs> right exactly i love exactly. it because i want him That's to good. be able to if something is wrong or if something's happening i don't want him to be afraid to seek help i don't mm, want him that's good you know, to, to not be afraid to ask the officer or someone in an authoritative position for help 
you know, like, because that, that could turn really ugly as well. Like, I'm, I'm afraid of what's happening right now, but I can't ask this person for help for, you know, I didn't want to create that picture. Right. But I definitely so had to establish the facts early so that later on in having these conversations, we can pull those bits and pieces right. together. Right. Yeah. I love that. (laughs) No, I love that. And I love how, you you know, you're focusing on, you know, just the, just the morality of it. I mean, this is wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not, Mm -hmm. you're not focusing on, you know, you got to be careful because the police are out to get you. And, you know, Mm -hmm. you're, you're simply saying this is some, this is an incident that happened. Not, Mm -hmm. you're not pointing out to him all of the incidents that have happened and, you know, trying to create a, um, a possible, um, fear in him, you know, Mm -hmm. and and do you have fears for Tristan as he grows up? I mean, are, are your fears? I absolutely do. You do. I do. I do. I do. Um, I'm, I'm terrified to be honest with you, you know, um, the way things are going now, the way the world looks, um, Mm -hmm. I, I'm, I am. I'm afraid for him. Mm-hmm. I, I really am. Mm-hmm. Um, I would, you know, love if, you know, things could completely turn around. But for change to happen, it's going to take time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I feel like now where we are in society, we have taken steps backwards. Right. <laughs> you know, um, I feel like we definitely have taken, like, a huge leap, not even steps backwards. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, racism has always still been very present and alive but I feel like now people just aren't afraid or they don't have any you know consequences or repercussions behind racism mm. so it's like okay I can go ahead and do you know x y and z and it doesn't matter I'm not going to be affected in any shape way or form it's okay for me to do that right and so yeah I am I'm, I'm very afraid for him yeah. very very afraid well for and him. speaking from a mother's perspective you know me personally you know having children that are of varying different races and and even my my children that are white, I I have fears for them just in general. And then to mm-hmm. add on those other fears, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, it it's so heavy. You know, it's mm-hmm. so heavy because you just don't know who your kids are going to encounter. And I'm going to be honest. Yeah. We, you know, we've dealt with with some issues um, with my my child that is um, part black, and it's something that I. Oh, I've actually, I've had to call, you know, some girlfriends of mine that are black and say, Hey, how do you deal with this? Because I want to fight Mm -hmm. someone like, and I know Mm -hmm. I can't do that. And that is not, that's Mm -hmm. not right, but I need Mm -hmm. some counsel. I need some guidance because some things have have been said about my child that directly Mm -hmm. are related to her race. And I, I don't like it. And I Mm -hmm. want to really jump back into the flesh and hurt somebody. Yeah, it's it's real. That that doesn't change. That doesn't change. Um, Self-control. It's not not going to change. Yes, it's in discipline. It's in self-control. Wow. And you can't change the world, right? You can't. You can't. You can't. You can only change yourself. That's right. (laughs) You can't save the world, you know, but I have watched, you know, my mom, I have watched, you know, the women and men in my family Mm -hmm. um, present this, um, just this this strength, this undeniable, unbelievable strength in terms of, Mm -hmm. you know, dealing with race with their children. Because like you said, as a parent, when something happens to your kid, you're already up in arms. That's right. Wait a minute. This is my kid. This is, you know, Mm -hmm. so then you add a race factor into it. And it's like, for the love of God, this is right. another thing that we have to deal with, you right. know, and 
we can't go into, you know, certain places, you know, ready to rip somebody's head off because of what's happening. So even in that, it takes a lot of strength. It takes, you know, discipline. It's, it's, it's hard and you because we're all, especially as women, as right. black women, we're already right. stereotyped as being the angry black woman. And it's like, right. well, what did you do to make me angry? Right. Okay. Realize what you did to make me angry. Realize right. what happened mm. within yourself that you have these microaggressions and these unconscious biases that you keep poking at me to the point where wow. I, or my kid, to the wow. point where I do get angry. And they always right. say, why is race the first thing that, um, you know, why do people pull the race card? And I was like, mm. why do we even have to consider race being a reason that my child or myself or someone in my family was treated wrongly? Wow. Why do we even have to consider that? Wow. <laughs> like, people don't think about that. I'm like, it's something I have to think about. Like, are you doing this because of my race? Are you doing this because I'm black? Right. And if it's not, And would you say the you same thing this? to, you know, someone else that wasn't black? Would you would you yeah. be saying the words you're saying to me if if I was mm-hmm. not black, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that mm-hmm. that's you know and that's really the kicker. I think is mm-hmm. that our you know we we have to pay attention. We have to pay attention to not mm-hmm. only what people are saying to us, but what we're saying back to them. And, and I love that. I love that you're saying. Why do I even have to bring up mm-hmm. the race? Why would I even need to yeah. pull that? If, mm-hmm. if I didn't feel attached because of something I can't even control, you know, yeah. and, and it, like, it's a yeah. bad thing, you know, and that's yeah. where, and I think that that's where it keeps coming back to for me. You know, I didn't mm-hmm. choose the way I look. I didn't choose where I was born. I didn't choose. Mm-hmm. So why would we, you know, why would we treat someone differently for those things that they had no control over to begin with, you know? So, you know, and as I was thinking about this podcast, I was like, you know, I wonder if Demetra, if, if when you think 15 years from now, so Tristan will be Mm -hmm. 22 years old, what Mm -hmm. do you want to tell 22 year old Tristan? If he were to listen to this podcast, in 15 mm-hmm. years, what do you want him to hear from you as a 22-year-old man? I, I definitely want him to continue to, to, to hear what I say to him all mm-hmm. the time. I want you to be black. Mm-hmm. I want you to be proud. And I mm-hmm. want you to be educated. And I want you to love. Mm-hmm. I want you I want you to love and experience love and, and be prideful in who you are. Anything that you do, do it from the heart. Do right. it with passion. Mm-hmm. You know, um... And I think that that'll lead you to a better place. And also mm-hmm. as a black man, um, to be disciplined mm-hmm. because it's something that you're going to need to in order to get past certain things that are going to happen to you. I can't even say if for things that are going to happen to you. And it's sad that I have to say that, mm-hmm. but I want you to be disciplined and prepared for things that are going to happen to you simply because you are a black man. Right, right. That's so good. That's so good because, (laughs) I mean, when, and when, you you know, when you say proud, you're not saying like, you know, walk around stuck up. You're saying proud in the sense that, you know what, you are who you are. The the skin that you're in is a skin (laughs) that you're meant to be in. The skin that you're in is not an accident. You You are to never be ashamed of that. Yes. And yeah, I love but, that. You I know, love that. That's that because you know, unfortunately, and like I said, with with Tristan, I've been the reason I've been saying it, you know, like to him and, and installing this in him, right. you know, since he was younger, because I never wanted him to have the experience that I had. So it's mm-hmm. like 
and realizing that race plays a factor in how people look, think, and feel about you. Right. You know, I want you to be secure in, in, in yourself. I right. want you to be secure in your culture, in your race, whatever religion you choose. Right. You know, like you know, and I want you to, to, to just be secure and, and love it. Right. Let, not let no one change that. Like, right. be who you are. Be authentically who you are. I have a really good friend, and he's an actor. And, you know, mm-hmm. he, he sends out his, I don't know what it's called. I'm just, I'm obviously not a very good friend since I don't remember what this is called. But, you, you know, you say, <laughs> so you like, you want a part. So, you know, you apply or whatever. Well, his last mm-hmm. name is a Middle Eastern last name. So mm-hmm. what he's chosen to do is he's picked a more, um, I don't know. I don't want to call it a white name, but it's, you know, it's just mm-hmm. a, a more common name that he's chosen mm-hmm. because he noticed that when he applies for parts that mm-hmm. or auditions for parts, that's it. Audition. Um, when he auditions that they're more receptive to him if he does not put mm-hmm. his Middle Eastern last name. And, mm-hmm. and I was like, are you kidding that's, me? That's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, are you joking it's me? true. So no, for, I, it, it's 100% true and i'm telling you from experience really? it's true yes wow. yes you are already prejudged on your name um so my name is greek right and so you know demetra is greek and bartlett is actually um a white last name yeah. it is it's a pair it's you know right. it's, it's a white last name so like right you know um people are they're, they're not able to tell they actually think of greek when um initially they think right. I'm Greek until they see me and they're like oh my gosh okay this black woman just walked in here just now okay <laughs> like, you know and even you know with my job and with my clients they're like oh my gosh you know and one thing that I will say that I love about my clients they are like brutally honest okay uh-huh. so I work you know in the mental health the field mental, right. and they are <laughs> yes, they are brutally <laughs> honest okay and I'll never forget um I get to, I get to, you know, the first appointment with this, uh, this, this woman and she's initially from Queens, New York, and Uh she has this heavy, you know, New York accent and, um, she, she gets in the car with me to meet with me and she looks at me and she's like, oh my gosh, you're black. And I was like, yeah, I am. (laughs) And she's like, I thought you were white. And I was like, no, I was like, I'm black. She was like, oh my gosh, you're beautiful to be a black girl. And I said, no, I am a beautiful black woman. Oh, And she was like, she thought about it. She was like, oh my gosh, I'm sorry. And I was like, you know, and I knew she didn't, you know, I knew she didn't mean it to you know to, right. to insult me or but anything that goes like that back to that you know the the way that mm-hmm. we speak you know and yeah. in that interview that I was just telling you about um they were talking about that the, the backhanded compliments you know back yeah. giving backhanded compliments <laughs> and I was mm-hmm. like oh my goodness you know one, yeah, of, the, one of the backhanded compliments that he got was you're really smart for being a black man and he was like what yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. Are you kidding me? You're bored by it. You're like, did you just say that? Right. What? Yeah. Sometimes people don't even realize that they're insulting you. Right. Right. They don't realize it. Like, and not even to say that they're racist. But they don't, it's like, like just so uncovering part those of the unconscious fabric. biases. Like, right. like you've been taught something somewhere in your life mm-hmm. that That's black okay. people aren't smart. Right. You know, you've, you somewhere in your life, you were taught that. That stereotype, or, yeah. You know, yeah, you've been taught that somewhere. Wow. Out of, whether it's as an adult or as a child, you've been taught that. Because if you hadn't been taught that, 
you even think to say it right. or phrase it in such a matter. So when you're teaching like, your son, is that something that you're very conscious of? Like if, yeah. you know, you're having a conversation or he sees, you know, say he sees a, you know, a white kid that, you know, may dress like he's a black kid. You know what I mean? Do you mm-hmm. say, oh, he's confused or, or do you just like, he just likes to dress like that, you know? Cause, nope. because that's what it starts <laughs> is when kids like, are kids. That's, you know, yeah. I'm like, no, that's what it is. Like, yeah. and, and like with my son, he, I don't know. I thought this was like a little girl thing. I'm not going lie. And this is probably an unconscious bias of mine. Right. See? Right. So, um, Since we're being honest about, and candid, you know, right? Yeah. Like all about, you know, they, like they wanted to lose them, you know, and, 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 and like I just really thought that that was like a little thing with girls that they give their moms a hard time about what they're being say or whatever. Like when I was teaching, I had a little girl who was determined to wear her bathing suit to school, and her mother was have the time to fight with her this morning. Uh-huh. Here's her clothes, and she's here. on your teeth. I'm going to be late for work here. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So, and then, you know, my son, when he was at school in the morning, I'm like, he's like, I don't want to wear that shirt and I don't want to wear those shoes. And I went, and I'm like, whoa, whoa, is this happening? What is going on right now? But, you know, that's just a part of who he is, you know? And even now, he, these sneakers match this. And I'm like, okay, look, yeah, it matches. Go for it. You know what right. I mean? Like, I have to change my thinking. Like, okay, I can't necessarily in, like dictate everything that you wear and expect for you to be happy. Right. And if you're upset with what you're dressed in or what you look like for the day, I'm like, how is that going to play into your you know, day? Or, or into your day, into your school day? Are you going to be confident in yourself? Are you going to be okay throughout the day? Or are you going to be focused on what happened with mommy this morning? Right. You know, so in terms of stuff like that, he, he gets it because he knows he likes to wear what he wants to wear. Right. Right. That's um, so good. You, and that's yeah, just good so the parenting thing, advice. You know, that's just really yeah. good parenting advice. Cause I think that, you know, we got to pick our battles, you know? Yeah. So what I actually started to do was I gave him options like the night before. Right. Look, here's, here's two outfits, pick one. Right. <laughs> so that's that we're so not having this battle in the morning that's because right. I'm like now you're at school frustrated I'm at work frustrated and our days are completely off simply right. because of an you outfit. know you don't have well, yeah it's <laughs> like, not this worth is, it. you know there's yeah it's not it's not so it's I'm like no so in terms of things like that like um no I don't I don't play into that stress into that right. like nothing um he has asked me you know he he saw so he saw a man that had on you know women's clothing and uh-huh. he asked me why uh-huh. and I wasn't about to get into the whole thing you know yeah, the, the conversation yeah. with a seven-year-old right. about you know gender identity I was just like I'm not going there with him right, right. now I'm like he'll learn it at some point in time and I simply looked at him and said because that's what he wants to wear yeah, <laughs> yeah. At that. I was like that's what he wants to wear. Yeah. And he's just like, oh, okay. And you can't assume either, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so I was just you like, can't assume I, why. That's so good. That's nope, so good. Nope. I was, but, you know, I was just like, I'm not even going there with him right now. And right. this is why I say, have conversations with your children in ways that they can understand, you right. know? Like, right. It, it, it makes sure it's on their level and for them. Like, right. That's just it. <laughs> well, and you it. know, you, you brought up something too. I think it was before we actually got on this, um, this call, but you had said that your grandmother had said something to you when you were a kid and you mm-hmm. were like, what? 
And now you see that. And, and it went, the more we talk, the more I'm like, oh, will you uh-huh. live by that? You know? And what was it yeah. that your grandmother had yeah. said to you? So that rest her soul. My grandmother um, used to always say to me, never get tired of doing the right thing. Mm. She used to always say to me, never get tired of doing the right thing. And, you know, at the time I'm like, oh, okay, Nana. Like, you know, <laughs> what is she talking You're about so today? And we do so often. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, Nana. You know, because my grandmother always has like, the, the, the funniest quotes and things like that's what she was known for you know yeah. what I mean my grandmother would make you laugh like yeah. uncontrollably so I'm like oh what are you talking about today okay right. <laughs> yeah okay Nana yeah and I get it now right I wholeheartedly get it now and I'm like oh okay right. and even time like especially in, in what's going on and has been going on in the black community mm-hmm. for so long I get it she's like you know, like I have, it is, it is overwhelming. It is exhausting um, just to, 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 to live this everyday life, this everyday fight because I am a black woman. Right. It's exhausting. You know, right. um, there are moments where I want to scream my head off. I want to rip somebody's head off for right. simply just being ignorant. And I'm like, okay, I can't do that. Right. And to have that self-control, that self-discipline, it takes a physical toll on you. And I don't think a lot of people like really realize that it's, it's exhausting, you know, yes. and um, you continue every day, like you have to do the right thing. Okay, I can't rip your head off because then what kind of an example am I setting to my son? What kind of an example am I setting to young women who look up to me if I react right. in this way? You know, That's I don't want to continue to fight ignorance with anger. Like, right. I, I don't want to do it. Like, I'm, I'm, an, I'm, I'm a natural advocate. So, like, I want to bring awareness. I want to educate you. And then I want you to take accountability and responsibility to change yourself. Wow. Well, and you know, you and you I know. had talked about that as far as, you know what, we have our own circles, you know, because we had talked about mm-hmm. the protests and everything that's going on. And, you know, you were like, I'm just not really into that. But you have a circle, um, you know, you yeah. have a circle, uh, your circle mm-hmm. of influence and your circle of influence right now is, you know, what you're doing with your job, how you're promoting, mm-hmm. how you're um, mm-hmm. teaching your son. I mean, what are some other mm-hmm. areas or what are your other circles of influence right now that you feel you can so, speak into? Um, it's definitely community, Mm -hmm. um, all about community. I was, you know, raised in the church. Um, Mm -hmm. and even though I don't go as often as I should now, (laughs) you know, I do know I have that, 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 uh, that foundation. Mm -hmm. So I know that I can look to, you know, my church community, um, for, for strength, for resources, for support, Mm -hmm. um, in terms of anything. Um, I truly believe it takes a village to raise a child. Mm -hmm. So, you know, luckily for me, I am my, my parents and grandparents and family, you know, my, uh, my villagers, um, are still 100% with me. Mm, so I so have definitely, you know, created that as well for my son. And, um, you know, I have a, a, a circle of friends and family. Um, and we just kind of rely on each other. We all have our strengths and weaknesses. Right. And where one lacks, the other picks up. You know, right. it's just not a, a question. It's just, you know, what we do. Um, uh, uh, within my close circle of friends, um, you know, there we in terms of having our children, there was like the first who had her child and like we all took part in that and that's where it started. So now we all take part in raising each other's kids. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's just what we do. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm fortunate. I'm so fortunate enough to have that. I'm fortunate enough to have um, a strong family foundation and support 
um, community support. I really think that I always say this, it starts at home. That's right. That's it right. It starts at home. I don't care what race you are. I don't care what religion you are. It starts at home. So even if you aren't outright teaching your children certain things, you're a model for them. You know, That's they're right. going to follow your behaviors. They're going to, you know, even in terms of vocabulary and speech, the things that you say are going to pick up on. That's right. You know, someone, and, and someone much wiser than me said uh, more is caught than taught. So we yeah. can we can say we're teaching our kids, but they're really mm-hmm. learning from those things that we don't even know we're teaching them. The things that we're saying, mm-hmm. the, the attitudes that we have, even our mannerisms. Yep. You know, if I'm walking down the street and there's a black gentleman walking, you know, am I grabbing my purse or going to the other side of the street? Or uh-huh. you know, my, my kid is watching that. They're saying, yeah. wait, mommy, what's going on? Right. So, you know? Yeah. Why, why are you alarmed by that? Should I be alarmed by that? Okay, exactly. this is my mom, so this is what I have to mm-hmm. do because... You know, and, and you don't realize it. it it's those just simple. Really don't realize yeah. it. And I'm, yeah, simple, simple things, simple can, things that yeah. we don't even think about. But, you know, and yeah. that's what I want to urge, you know, our listeners or, our, you know, our followers right now is that it's really, really important that we're thinking about the things that we're doing, especially mm-hmm. in this time. It's like, it's like, you know, when you go out and in my backyard, I have, um, cherry trees and and mm-hmm. when I go out there and I see that the fruit is ripe I'm gonna pick it it's time to harvest mm-hmm. and right now yeah. it's harvest time it's time for us to look at our own hearts and our own lives and say do I carry any of these you know do I carry yeah. with me this this attitude of uh, or not even and, and it may not even be something that I realize you know mm-hmm. through this I you know I grew up in a predominantly black school I went to um you know I went to a, a mixed race university actually in New Mexico with kids Mm -hmm. that were Native American, kids from all over the world and Mm -hmm. um, different, you know, uh, makeups. And, and for me, I still, I have it. I still have it. And there's things that, you know, I I realize I do have a privilege because of my white skin and that's not, Mm -hmm. that's not political. That's not putting anyone down or, or pointing a finger at anyone. It's just a fact. Simply a fact, and that's I need it. to realize that, that that you acknowledge that right. you acknowledge because so many people don't acknowledge that right. privilege, and when you don't acknowledge that privilege, nine times out of ten you probably aren't using it right for the for the right thing right. You know, nine times out of ten you're not using it for the right things if you haven't recognized it right. and accepted it. You well, know, like, nobody's telling you that you know that not to accept it and to reject it. Right. What, what we're asking as you know as a black community is to use your privilege for good. That's right. That, and you that, can. Like, that's it. And you mm-hmm. can. And I, and I feel, and that's where for me, my circle, you know, I've got, I, I have this amazing podcast of women that, you know, we come together and we listen and, and some of us are mothers, some of us aren't. And that's okay. Cause I use mama in the sense of, you know, I talk to my girlfriends like that. Hey mama, call mm-hmm. me. but mom, mm-hmm. you know, as mothers, <laughs> you know, right now mm-hmm. it may, we not, we may not feel like we can do a lot to change the world, but you know what we can because we're raising we up are. the next generation. We're raising yeah. up these children. And in whether they're, you know, our kids by birth or their kids that are nieces and nephews mm-hmm. or, you know, we're nannies or whatever, we can mm-hmm. truly show people how to love others. And that's what it really yeah. boils down to is, do I love myself mm-hmm. more than I love others? And mm-hmm. if, if yeah. all I care about is my comfort level, then I'm really just mm-hmm. loving me. 
you know, mm-hmm. and what's yeah. going to make me better oftentimes is going to make, make, make it, um, make it harder for me to, to look mm-hmm. in the mirror and say, oh man, you know, I oh, have felt this tough. way. I have <laughs> thought tough. this way about it's men, tough. about, it's... cause some of us mm-hmm. have issues of, you know, with men or, but right now the microphone is mm-hmm. on black lives and how, you yeah. know, and that's, that's how I want to end our, the interview today is I really, you know, we always end it with, if there was something that you can change in this world, what would it be? And mm-hmm. I do want to know that from you because you're, you're very educated. You, you know what you're talking about and you're, honest and I love that I don't find you're you're biased about how you're presenting information and telling everybody what they got to do but um, (laughs) what I I really want to do is I want to give you the floor and I just want to know Uh what is your jewel your most valuable Um, piece that everyone can benefit from doing during this time you know of hopeful transformation uh you know so you know it's yours (laughs) I think I would I would I would definitely say like you know, I could easily say, oh, let's end racism. Um, but that's that's just not where my heart is. I feel like right now and in the, of, of past years and of now and of, you know, years to come, I truly believe that um, love, mm-hmm. love, mm-hmm. true, genuine, empathetic love will will guide you and, and, and educate, you know, in education. But like, if you let, if you have a, a pure heart and a genuine heart and a genuine soul, and you let that lead you, you, you can't go wrong. It's just like, never get tired of doing the right thing. Like you can't go wrong. So like I was, I actually read this book by common called let love have the last word. And just the, the things that he speaks on in terms of love, I'm like, okay, it makes so much sense. You know, like, if we could truly learn to value one another for what you have to contribute to this world, regardless, I think that we would be like in a far better space. Mm -hmm. If we are able to, nobody is saying that you have to agree with everything that everyone does, that you have to like it, but respect it enough to let the other person live in their light. Like that, that's just it, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, like, um, But it's also, you know, it starts at home. So, you know, what are you doing in your homes? What are you doing in your households? What are you doing amongst your friends? What are you doing amongst your families? You know, what experiences are you opening your children up to um, so that, you know, they have these experiences with different people in terms of, you know, diversity. Diversity is very, very important. Diversity and inclusion. Um, to know that we have these differences, to acknowledge it, accept it, respect it is is valuable. Right. And in order to do that, you know, you definitely have to start early. It's like um, they call it um, when children are younger um, in terms of their brains, um, wet clay. Like it's easy to mold wet clay mm-hmm. than it is clay that's already been there and sitting there and has hardened. Right. You know, like it's it's easier in children. I think that we don't give children um, the credit for how intelligent they really are. Like children, they, they come into this world and immediately the first thing they have to do is, is learn language and behavior and right from wrong. So if you start to teach children early, right. these simple things, right. you know. So it's never really too early. So it's never too early to, you know, never too early. It's never too early. And if people would have been told 
these things or taught these things or, um, you know, much earlier, we wouldn't be where we are today. Um, So I I would definitely encourage people, if you can, um, you know, get on YouTube or the internet um, and definitely research this woman called uh, uh, by the name of Jane Elliott. She is absolutely phenomenal in terms of um, racism. Um, Mm -hmm. She first did this experience, I believe it was back in, 1968 um Mm -hmm. i know it wasn't too long after um the murder of martin luther king jr Mm -hmm. where she did this experiment called the uh brown eyes blue eyes test with her third grade class Mm -hmm. it is absolutely phenomenal and then a few years after that she went on and she did this experiment with college students and if you can please please watch this video i know i definitely know it's on youtube it points out I mean, things that you wouldn't believe um, that children are taught, mm-hmm. learn behaviors. Um, it's, it's absolutely amazing. And she always says, I, she made a point that she had showed this video to her parents um, after she had completed it. Um, and what happened, this is with the third grade class. And she said her father actually stood up and was in tears and he said things for my life and my children's life would have been much different if somebody would have taught me that when I was nine years old. Wow. You know what? I saw a video like what you're talking about. Um, I want to say I was in maybe middle, it was called junior high, junior high or high school. Um, but Mm -hmm. it was, it was with baby dolls. It was with a black doll and a white doll. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I remember watching it and being like, Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. Like, See, and those are the, the little things that, yeah. that you can do for your children to teach them diversity, you know, not teach them racism or hatred, but to teach them diversity. Because once you learn to teach diversity, diversity is simply, you know, valuing and accepting the differences in one another and then including it into your life. Right. That's it. That's what diversity right. and inclusion ultimately is, mm. whether it's in your workspace, whether it's in your home, your personal lives, whatever it is. That's simply what it is, is, is acknowledging the differences, right. respecting, accepting it and, you know, and valuing it and, and including it, inclusion, including it in your life. Um, and I feel like that's what, like you said, like with baby dolls, like, yeah. you know, it does like I've had, I've always had a wide range of, you know, baby dolls because yeah, my kids too. I, I wanted to do like so much with them. But, um, I definitely remember telling you this story about when I was teaching, um, I had a little girl in my class, a little Polish girl and her mom, um, you know, kept telling me, she kept asking for this, uh, Barbie doll for Christmas. So we get back from the Christmas break and little girl, she runs in the classroom and she's going to miss the nature, miss the nature, miss the nature. And I'm like, okay, honey, what's, what's wrong? And she's like, Santa brought me a Barbie doll that looks just like you. I love <laughs> I'm just it. I love it. And she's like, I got it, Miss Anitra. I got it. I got it. I got it. And it looks like you. And I was laughing. And I spoke with her mom after. Her mom said, Do you know, every single time we would go into Kmart, she said, you know, we would always browse through the um, through the toy section. Mm-hmm. She said, she would always see this Barbie doll. She goes, Mommy, that girl just like Anitra. Can I have it? It looks like Miss Anitra. Can I have it? And she was like, She knew. Christmas was coming so she said you know she had gotten it for her and it would be one of her Christmas gifts and I was just like that simple oh my that goodness simple. it's that easy it's right. that simple you now, know what if, what if the a, mom would have said oh honey but you're that not doll black. doesn't look like you right. why do you want that 
saw. Right. And I'm it's not like, going to spend well, our money on that. Yeah. It's like, well, why can't I value something that doesn't look like right. me? Or Ooh. why can't I want something that doesn't look like me? That's you know, like, like that's what wow. it says. It's like it's saying that it's not valuable enough for you to have because it's different from you. Wow. Girl. We got to do another one of these because honestly, what you just ended with as far as why can I not value something if it doesn't look like me? That's Mm -hmm. something to walk away with for for today. I'm so thankful for you. I'm so thankful for our newfound friendship. Yes, Uh, thank you. When I come to Long Island, I'm going to come visit. Yes. (laughs) But thank you so much. I said, oh, my gosh. I was like, I want to go to Michelle's house. <laughs> you are very welcome to come anytime, anytime. Thank and, but you. But I want to thank, thank you for you. coming on today and just being so flexible with everything that's that's happening in our world. But also being honest, because I think that that's what um, it's it's going to come down to. We just got to be honest with ourselves. And, yes. and you were such yes. a beautiful conduit of that today. So thank, thank you, Demetra. You. Thank you. And thank it, you. I'm just going to encourage everyone, if you want to follow along and you want to check out Demetra, go to our website at runmama.run and all of our social media, runmama.run. Hope you guys have a great day. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Run Mama Run podcast. Check us out on social media at runmama.run. And mamas, keep running.